What's up, Yankee fans? It's your girl Iris back with another episode. Just wanted to apologize to my listeners. Um, I know it's been a while since I've recorded. The week I was supposed to record, I took a trip to visit family, so I spent time with them. I got back, it was right back to work, getting that overtime in, getting that shopping in before Thanksgiving. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, So it was a good time, a lot of food, a lot of drinking. Um, I did avoid the whole Black Friday shopping in person. Um, I did a lot of shopping online. Um, So now it's Cyber Monday and I'm still trying to cross things off my list before Christmas. Um, I still have some time, so I'm not too worried, but I am, you know, keeping an eye out for certain deals. Um, And at the same time, I've been recovering, trying to get over this cold. Um, You know, I actually don't sound as bad today, so I decided to record for you guys and wrap up the month of November, everything that has to do with the Yankees. So the Yankees hired Brett DeGene. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, D-E-G-A-G-N-E. They hired him as a pitching coach in the minor league system. So just how our MLB players are getting all the help with a new addition of a pitching coach, so are our minor leaguers, which is important in the way they develop before getting to the big leagues. So I am a big fan of that move. And when they do get to the big leagues, They'll be more polished, and they'll obviously have tons of help available. More took place. The annual GM meetings took place in Arizona. If you recall the groundwork of the James Paxson deal, that began during those meetings last year. So who knows what Cashman has up his sleeve. Um, He can come out a month or two later and be like, or even during the season, be like, yeah, we've been having talks about acquiring this player since the GM meeting, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. Cashman said that he's had several conversations with Didi and Gardner's agent, and the fact that neither are signed makes me think that Gardner is looking for more money or more than one year, and the Yankees don't want to overpay a 36-year-old. I feel like a one-year deal is fine. Um, Just don't overpay money-wise because we need to apply money towards a pitcher. And if the Yankees let Gardner walk, they'll still have a decent outfield of Talkman, Staten, Judge, maybe Frazier. I just don't really trust him in the outfield. He's more of a DH. Love his bat. Maybe Wade as a fourth outfielder. He doesn't have enough experience in the outfield. He did play 14 games on left, and he played center field and right field um, two games apiece, so not much um, experience there. The Yankees did sign a an outfielder for depth, and I'll later get into that. Maybe he becomes the fourth outfielder. Maybe Andohar can learn left field. You know, the Yankees have converted infielders to outfielders, but... Being that Yankee Stadium is so big and left, I just don't know if they'll take that route. Um, As for Didi, Cashman said that his services will be competitive. And what I take from that is, 
you know, as much as they love him, they're not going to overpay for him. They're not going to go crazy. As of now, he's considered a luxury because they do have infielders, very talented. And if they do bring him back, it would need to be on a cheap deal. Cashman also said that the Yankees want to shore up their rotation. They have interest in Cole, Strasburg, among others, which later we found out he was talking about Wheeler and Mad Bomb. And who knows, there could be somebody under the radar that we don't see coming. Um, And I really don't want my emotions to be toyed with. Like the whole Manny Machado thing last year. Bryce Harper, I think he even signed this year in February. Like that was crazy. Um, But I want the Yankees to be like, you know, go, go hard or go home. Don't have us thinking that you're going to go after these dudes and you, and you don't. But his exact quote was, we'll talk to Strasburg, we'll talk to Cole, we'll talk to the high-end guys. If you remember last year, Cashman got in trouble when he flat out said he didn't need an outfielder because that depresses the market for guys like Harper. So this year, he's not allowed to say that he isn't in on a free agent. And at the same time, He's not going to reveal his cards. So it's hard to tell with Cashman. He has, you know, right now he has no directive from ownership to stay under the luxury tax. But he also mentioned the heavy payroll commitments for next season and opportunities that could become available via trade market. So that's that's how he sees this thing. He mentioned Montgomery, Davey Garcia, Michael King as being rotation candidates if they don't add add anyone outside of the organization. While the Yankees are interested in Cole, they do have concerns about him, you know, preferring the West Coast, his home in California. But Sabathia and Cole have had many talks about being from L.A., and pitching in New York. Sabathia, you know, he really believes Cole would go to the highest bidder. And, you, you know, you don't just pick Boris as your agent if that's not your ultimate goal. So, yeah, enough money, enough money will bring him over to the, to the Yankees. And, you know, that comment right there is very interesting because that just means that he's really... He's really considering donning the pinstripes if the right opportunity presents itself. Since they've talked about it so much, it takes two to tango. And hopefully there won't be too much dancing come January or however long it takes for Cole to sign with the team. Hopefully it's with the Yankees team. But here's another interesting quote from Cashman. We weren't a player or two away. We were a player or two away from playing in the World Series. So it's hard to disagree with that. You know, if the Yankees had knocked a couple runners in, they probably would have been playing in the World Series. Who knows what would have happened. But their pitchers were gassed, though. The relievers were all gassed. Um, the starters were still not going deep into the game. So that that's combination does not get you to the championship. So we can't 
continue to have starters not giving us innings, we can't continue to have gas relievers. So it would be nice to have a true ace on the staff leading these guys, save the bullpen, going deep into games. Um, Every game definitely counts. It certainly affects the next game. There would be a better outcome for the bullpen. And, like, imagine if there were gas in the AOCS. Can you picture how gas they would have been in the World Series had they made it there? It's hard to, like, feel good about their chances with how gas they were. And uh, people forget that Tanaka and Paxson are free agents after this year. And without knowing what's going to happen with them, it's better to add now. Next year's free agent class won't be as good as this year's. You know, there won't be no Cole, no Strasburg, no Wheeler. You can get them all for money. You you can save your prospects. We know the Yankees love their prospects. So get them for money. Get them for money now. Um, But if Cashman believes that they were just a play or two away, like it really makes you think if they will go all out for Cole. Unless... They get rid of certain players with a lot of money tied to them or they don't bring back certain players like Didi, Bettences, Romine, Gardy. There's no more Maven. Sabathia is retired. So instead of dreaming, like this can really become reality if the Yankees, if Cashman gets that green light, I, I, like, I really believe that the Yankees are in on Cole. So maybe third time's the charm for Cole and the Yankees. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Didi Gregorius was also triggered. The George's Box Pod on Instagram, they posted a meme. And basically, in the picture, you know, it talks about how Didi hits home runs in the playoffs. And then there was a cat on the side. On a picture stating not $17.8 million worth. And as a caption, they wrote, when Yankee fans argue about Didi. And that caught Didi's attention. He replied, ha 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 ha. That's why I am a free agent, right? And a Yankee fan commented, your game two grand slam is worth $17.8 million. And Didi followed up with, Winning is worth that money because it's a team effort. So Didi was obviously not happy. He posted on his Instagram story. So I can't share strong quotes on my Instagram because people grab it and make it a story, make a story out of it. So, you know, he posted a Bob Marley picture, basically like, basically it was something about using people. So I, I guess like he doesn't feel appreciated. He obviously wasn't happy about it. And if this is really it for him, like it it sucks the way the chapter is closing in on him. But this is a performance based business. Um so I'm not mad about the Yankees declining the seventeen point eight million dollar um contract, but if they were to bring him back you know, he deserves to come back because of how how much he's worked his ass off to become the shortstop he is today. Um, 
it would need to be on a cheaper deal. You know, it sucks that he had the surgery and had a down year. Um, I do believe he's a good can- candidate to bounce back. He had the, the Tommy John. He will have a normal offseason this time. He can prepare prepare and train the way he's supposed to, the way he always does. Um, and... You know, I appreciate the the leadership in the club in the clubhouse and how clutch he's been. You know that doesn't go unnoticed, but like he really had a horrible year in his walk year, and the Yankees have a lot of talented infielders, so I don't really see them bringing him back. So whatever happens with his career, I just want to wish him the best of luck. And just wanted to let Didi know that he is appreciated for for all the good moments, all the good times. I felt like he played a big role in, you know, in the chemistry in the clubhouse. He was a cool dude. Baseball's biggest scandal. The Astros use cameras to cheat and steal pitches electronically. So this is not no, I'm peeking over looking at the catcher, guessing what's coming, looking at the glove, tilting, none of that. It was all electronic. So there's an article. In September, Danny Farquhar knew the Astros were up to something. He pointed to his ear on the mound. There was a banging from the dugout, almost like a bat hitting a rack every time a change-up signal got put down. After the third bang, I stepped off, Danny says. I was throwing some really good change-ups, and they were getting fouled off. After the third bang, I stepped off. Farquhar and his catcher changed signs, especially with a runner on base. So that was proven in a video thanks to John Boy for digging it up. Farquhar was pitching on the White Sox against the Astros, and basically what happened was when they... When a fastball was coming, there was no bang on the trash can. When a changeup was coming, there was two bangs. So it was suspect of Carlos Beltran how back in April, he gave Paxson a heads up about him tipping his pitches. That was around the time when the Yankees faced the Astros, but he had denied knowing anything about the Astros cheating. Oh, and Cora... The Red Sox manager, he was the Astros bench coach in 2017. So it's not surprising that the Red Sox got caught using Apple Watches. Get this, and according to sources, Beltran and Cora were a key part of this. And according to Mike Fiers, or Fears, when he did, you know, pitch for the Astros. He confirmed that the Astros stole signs electronically, and that was reported to the Athletic. There was also multiple sources that said that they weren't the only ones that participated. Like even during the ALCS, the Yankees heard whistles to signal to the Astros, and MLB didn't really look into it. That was caught on tape. You heard the whistles. You know, you Darvish, during the 2017, when he was with the Dodgers, he had a say. 
you know, and he pitched poorly against the Astros in game three and game number seven of the World Series. And it was easy to see why. I mean, his stuff could have been a little off, but they were cheating. So here's a quote from, from you. After game seven, I've been personally trying to get to the bottom of this problem. This year, from a source from the Astros that I won't disclose, I was told that I was tipping my pitches during game three and game seven by fumbling my ball before my windup. Since I saw my game seven footage numerous times, I was convinced that I wasn't doing that. And there was something in the back of my mind that didn't mesh well with what the player was saying and what was shown on the footage. And here's another interesting quote from you. Especially this year, I've noticed a lot of weird things. When I'm in a set position, usually the batter looks at me. It depends on the batter, but they generally generally look at my elbows, my eyes, my shoulders, you know it. But several times this year, I've noticed that the batters don't look at me. Even with runners on second, I see players just looking into the distance around left center field. It's awkward. This usually happens when we're the visiting team. I've even told Caratini during mound visits that the batter's eyes were not on me. So that's like even more confirmation. And and this was in a video that you Darvish had recorded and was later translated to the English version. So like a lot a lot of bad has come out and I don't expect it to you know, this is going to be the talk until the season until the season comes. So right now, MLB is looking into is looking beyond the 2017 Astros team and they're they're expected to interview those from the 2019 team as well uh, regarding the science stealing investigation and the inquiry also includes multiple personnel from the Boston Red Sox staff so you know we we got the we got the Astros doing their own investigation on their own team which is hilarious like like they know what's up trying to act like they don't know what's going on in the, in the public's eye trying to make it seem like they don't know and i was even joking how how they were probably doing little group chats and you know trying to match some stories up which you know even though i was joking about it it's probably you know is really going down we also learned that an Astros executive asked scouts to help steal signs, suggesting using cameras in an email. So, you know, the more that comes out, the worse it seems to get for the Astros. I want them to sink for this. It gets me to, to thinking how great of a 2019 team the Yankees were because I really thought the Astros and the Yankees were the top two teams this postseason before the the sleeper nationals you know took over went all the way but knowing the astros cheated in the aocs it gets me to thinking like what matchup the yankees nationals could have been it gets me to thinking 
back to 2017, like, if the Yankees got past them, like, maybe Girardi would have stayed. They came up short, though. And imagine how much better the Yankees' record would have been if it wasn't for them facing the Astros with all the cheating at Minute Maid Park. It goes for other teams as well. You know, tons of videos came out with banging noises. From 2017 up until now, their whole season, seasons 17, 18, 19, it was all a scam. You know, it, it would probably take MLB to suspend the manager, the GM, for a few months. Maybe take away some draft picks. You know, restrict them from the international draft or take some international pool money. And hand out fines to players and those who participated. What an asshole AJ Hinch is, huh? Remember how back in October, he commented on the allegations that his team wasn't whistling in the dugout to relay signs in game number one in the ALCS um, against the Yankees. He was like, it made me laugh because it's ridiculous. Had I known it would take something like that to set off the Yankees, we would have practiced that in spring training. <laughs> you know how stupid you sound, bro? Like, you've been perfecting your cheating since 2017. Like, GTFO. <laughs> GTFO. That's all I got to say. The Yankees also complained to the league about blinking lights in center field. Early on in game number six at Minute Maid Park, days after the Yankees complained about the whistling. So maybe MLB looked into it. They, they didn't do nothing about it. They didn't do a, a thorough investigation. Oh, and it gets worse. In the 2017 World Series documentary, there was videos and pictures released that showed, you know, cables. There was a chair. There was a trash, laptop, peanut shells, and it looked like they were doing that all game long. <clears throat> In an Altuve picture, it showed the monitor and two towels hanging to block the view. Then there was another picture. It was like a picture of a non-broadcast camera. And there's even suspicion that the Astros may have used buzzing bandages or like a buzzer, you know, covered up by a bandage to relay signs. But there was an email that was leaked stating one thing in specific we are looking for is picking up signs out of the dugout. And that was written back in August 2017. Pretty sure they did the same in 2018 and 19. There was video footage before the 2017 World Series Game 5. It shows Correa walking up by the table with laptops and the monitor set up. 
There was also video footage after the 2017 World Series of Game 5. It shows players and coaches walking past the tables. The laptops and monitors were still there. The area was clearly used. There were seats like all over the floor. So when this news came out, Severino was all heated. You know, he tweeted out two angry emoji faces after the Mike Fires report. It just sucks, like, how how this all, like, came to life. Basically, the Astros system involved a camera in center field, a television monitor that was placed on the wall steps from the, the Astros' home dugouts, Minime Park. The team employees would sit opposite the screen, watch a real-time feed fixed on the opposing catcher on the signs, and then if they decoded the signs successfully, you know, they'll reveal the expected pitch by banging on the trash can, and this was all revealed in the, the athletic article. And according to Trevor... Plouf or Plouf, the Astros, you know, had somebody watch a live feed, then relay the pitch calls via earpiece to the bullpen catcher, hands up on the fence for fastball, hands down for off speed. And in video clips, you can see the Astros hitting, looking towards right center, right before the pitch is thrown which is where their bullpen is. So that confirms what you Darvish was talking about when he was he mentioned that he noticed that the Astros were looking into right center field. I was listening to Michael Kay on one of these clips. He came out and said that this information is coming out now because of how poorly the Astros treated their ex-scouts and they want revenge. So that's that's a dumb move by the Astros. Like, how dumb can you be? And, and it's, it's just sad, like, because they have a really talented, you know, they have a talented core. Not going to lie, they have a lot of talent. But they felt they needed to go to the extreme to cheat. Like, after, like, like it's still... It boggles my mind. What fun is it to cheat? It, it's crazy. You know, they went on to beat the, the Dodgers. You was a victim. Players who didn't perform well against the Astros in 2017 until now, who were either traded from the organization or moved on, were affected. They have no integrity, and of course the batter still has to hit the ball, but knowing if it's going to be an off-speed pitch or a fastball, like that's a big advantage. And it sucks that Judge, he was robbed of the title. Like even if you look at the numbers, Judge had the better numbers, and they gave... 
the MVP award to Altuve. And it's no wonder why the Astros were so cocky because they knew exactly what was coming. I feel like MLB, if they're not going to take that World Series title, title away from the Astros, they need to get that MVP title and give it to Judge. Give it to the man who really earned it. Besides the cheating allegations, like I said, if you look at the numbers, Judge had better numbers. Oh, and Michael K also pointed out how the Astros, they put up video game numbers. Pretty much put them on the map. In 2017, their batting average was 254. Their OPS, 715. They had 567 strikeouts, which is all best in the majors. Their swing and miss percentage was 28%, which which was best in the majors. So, you know, they're a great team and all, but they're not this, this superior. Oh, Astros owner Jim Crane. <laughs> he was sitting at the, the hotel in the owner's meeting. He had two police officers standing next to him. And he wouldn't let anybody go near him. And when he went to the lobby, he says to the reporters, if you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball, but not about anything else. So (laughs) it's funny because what happened with the whole cheating, that's baseball. He looked annoyed. You know, he walked away with the police officers and... Unfortunately, he didn't acknowledge anything. He could have just been like, we can talk about this at at a later time. But he was like, no, let's talk baseball. So, Manfred, the commissioner, he came out and said, this isn't the first time that we've looked into this. He was like, we have, over time, monitored Various rumors that you hear throughout the industry, but certainly not with the depth and detail that have come out in the article. And he's referring to The Athletic. There is no firm timeline, but hopefully, you know, they'll be done with the investigation before playing baseball. And he was like, oh, I have no reason to believe it extends beyond the Astros at this point in time. But I believe, like, they should still look into other teams because, you know, if the Red Sox were recently caught with the Apple Watches, it, like, it kind of, like, scares me a little now that Beltran is on the Mets. Like, what if he tries to do something? Or this is why they need to, like, really come hard on the Astros, discipline them so that other teams... They'll be scared to do that. And as of now, MLB Baseball, they're asking players about buzzing band-aids, you know, earpieces, and stuff like that. They're trying to, you know, see what's real, what's not real. And right now, players are being told that they may avoid punishment in exchange for the truth. MLB is 
searching Astro's front office employees' phones to to pick up information. So, so that, yeah, you know, we'll have to stay tuned for what happens with that. It's going to be a long, thorough investigation. And, you know, I've mentioned what I thought would be a fair punishment. I hope that's exactly what the Astros get, if not more. Because, man, like they just, I'm like so disappointed. If I was an Astros fan, like I would like, man, that's crazy. Brian Cashman has been getting ideas about possibly having Andohar play multiple positions if Gio plays well at third base. You know, as of now, he's calling Gio his third baseman. And meanwhile, there's been video clips of Andohar who has been getting reps at third. So, I mean, it could be, you know, just to prepare him as a third baseman. You know, just just in case Geo that Geo was um year was a fluke. Or they could be shopping him as a third baseman. He could be training at other positions and he hasn't recorded. You know, as of now, Cashman he did say that he's been getting a lot of calls on Andohar. You know, his bat is definitely his calling card. His defense, the quite opposite, but his ability to make contact, square those pitches up with authority, hitting the ball hard, will only continue to get better. Imagine what kind of year Andujar would have had with those juice balls in 2019. How monstrous his numbers would have been. It just sucks that we couldn't get to see the improvement that he made you know, after missing time. Oh, and recently we found out that the Rangers are interested in Andujar. So if I'm the Yankees, I would ask for major league ready talent right away in exchange. You know, they have 26-year-old outfielder um, Joey Gallo. He's played both center and left fields. And he's an outfielder. The Yankees would definitely uh, benefit from if he, um, you know, if he came over because Hicks is down right now. And if they pass on Guardy, you know, that's somebody that they can rely on. So even though Joey only hit 22 home runs, it was in limited games. He only played 70 games. And if you remember, in 2018, he had hit 40 home runs in 148 games. And this was before the the juice balls in 2019. So watch out for Joey Gallo. And he's a really good player. So, you know, the Rangers would probably want way more prospects in return um, or less. Could be like one or two. In the top 15. So we'll see what happens with with Andujar. There was also a, a um, hap trade concept that Joel Sherman, 
that he heard at the meetings and everybody ran away with it. So Hap has a $17 million you know, vesting option for 2021 if he reaches 27 starts or 165 innings in 2020. And there was one outside executive that believed that the Yankees would go after Cole if they would clear salary, including Hap and a pitching prospect. So, of course, the Yankees would go after Cole if they can do that. But this isn't the Yankees coming out and publicly saying they're going to trade Hap, although they probably are going to try. They just aren't publicly publicly putting that information out there. You know, 2019 was a hell of a year for Hap. He allowed a career-high 34 home runs. He went 12 and 8, and he posted a 4.91 ERA over 30 starts, and then he did pitch out of the bullpen, like like five innings or something like that. He wasn't part of the rotation in the um, in the postseason. Um, you know, the Yankees couldn't even count on him. Maybe, maybe they hang on to him if they can't find a trade partner and hope that the new pitching coach can work his magic with Hap and hopefully Hap is receptive to the information and, you know, it's a better pitcher. Same could be said for the other pitchers right now in the Yankees organization, bullpen, starter-wise. Remember that Indians rumor about how they're trying to trade Lindor? Well, as of now, you know, they've been receiving calls, but he's still, he's being called their um, opening day shortstop. So, so that shuts down the Yankees Lindor rumor or other teams for now. They would need to overpay. Oh, yeah. So, congrats to... Uh, what is her name? Uh, the Yankees director of minor league operations, Hadi Rod, has been hired by the Marlins to be their new director of pro scouting. So it's like Jeter continues to take more from the Yankees and can't blame him. The Yankees signed the best of the best. And if I'm Jeter, I'll be doing the same thing. I'll be signing away. Congrats to Severino, who got married. It was a beautiful, magical wedding. Beautiful, 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 beautiful ceremony. The whole crew was there. Chapman, there was Torres, Bettences, Sabathia, their wives. And Severino and his wife have been vacationing ever since. And I am jelly. But good for them. Oh, yeah. So, DJ, the Mayhew finished fourth in the AO MVP voting. So, congrats to him. You know, making him for fourth place. Trout obviously beat everyone out. You know, while I'm okay with LeMahieu finishing in the top fourth, I'm not okay with only 29 of the 30 voters, including 
LeMahieu on the ballot. Like, that's BS. Um, the exception was, what was his name? James Figan, Figan of The Athletic. So he's a White Sox beat writer who didn't think LeMahieu was worth of a 10th place vote. What I got to say to that? Haters going to hate. Oh, Baldelli. Of the Twins, he came in first place, edging Boone by 10 points. 96 points for Aaron and 106 points for Baldelli. Manager of the year, another scam. He did everything to keep the Yankees at top. It was a tough AL East division throughout. Tough AL division overall. The Twins, they have an easier division. They didn't have all these injuries that the Yankees had. And they couldn't even beat the Yankees past the ALDS. Sessa, (laughs) he was all heated, tweeting out angry emojis. And... And he was like, I strongly disagree with this. I'm just glad like the players are as vocal as they are on social media because like they're basically sticking up for their manager because they know Boone deserves this more than any other any other manager. If it's up to me, I'll be like, Yup, Boone was the manager of the year. He won that award. Baldelli who? No, it was Boone all the way. It was Boone all the way. As far as Austin Romine, the Yankees have have talked to his agent about a potential return. Um, But they believe Kyle Higashioka is ready to be the backup. You know, he's out of minor league options. And he's a decent catcher. And he has shown pop in the past. And, you know, with the new catcher, um, what's his name? Swanson. I, I feel like he can definitely benefit from his knowledge. Um, so I'll be okay with Higgy taking up that backup role because I don't see the Yankees overpaying Romine to be a backup and pay him like a starter. There's just no way. Um, Cashman also slept out of Yankee Stadium to raise awareness for the the Covenant House and the homeless. He does it every year for the last nine. It was pretty brick out there. You know, nothing... But respect for our GM, who also throws himself off buildings and has the best quotes each offseason. So, you know, a lot has happened. We can get into the the row five picks that the Yankees have made. They've made, you know, surprising moves. Um, the Yankees had to decide whether to tender contracts to unsigned players and add prospects to the rule to the roster that are eligible for Rule Five. And here's a side note: um, so any teams that select players in the Rule Five draft, they must keep them on their 26-man active rosters through the 2019 season, or 
they must offer them back to their original clubs. So, you know, players who aren't selected will be part of the December December 12, I believe it is. December 12 drafts. Yeah. So the Yankees added Floreal, Davey Garcia, Luis Gill, Brooks Crisk, Luis Medina, Nick Nelson, Michael Yajur, and for the MLB roster, the Yankees finally released Jacoby Ellsbury. They finally got rid of them. They finally got rid of them. Uh, We finally do not have to hear his name in Yankee land. For now. But right now, he's off the roster. You know, there's other issues that, that, you know, is happening right now with him, money-wise. But he's off the roster. And then Craig Bird, he was designated for assignment. And he's now a free agent. And then as of November 27th, instead of accepting an outright to AAA, um, he decided to become a free agent. Nestor Cortez, he was designated for assignment and got traded to the Mariners for international slot money. So I definitely love the international slot money part. The Yankees have gotten a lot of good players in that area. You know, he pitched in multiple roles for the Yankees. You know, he reinvented himself in between batters, but faded down the stretch, and the Yankees didn't feel like he was worth a 40-man spot. So, good luck, Cortez, and... That is business. So Ellsbury, he was on the contract for one more year in 2020 for more than $21 million. He had a $5 million buyout for 2021, which makes $26 million. So the Yankees would eat $21 million this year plus a $5 million buyout for the next year. And I got to say that seven-year... $153 million contract was a big mistake given to a player who uses his wheels to produce. He wasn't a power hitter. He was more of a contact hitter. And we all know speed does not age well. And he brought along a resume of being often injured compared to Cano, who was always on the field. You know, there was complaints about how he doesn't hustle that man was always on that field. But the Yankees decided to pass up on him. They didn't want to, you know, I guess, overpay Cano. And at the time, the Yankees didn't really have outfielders. They had guys like Bubba Crosby, he's caught, you know, so on. And they could have chose Chu, who was also a free agent over Ellsbury. But they went with the often injured Sox rival, which made no sense. But I was like, all right, he's a Yankee. I'm going to support this this guy. He only ended up playing 
520 games in New York. And the Yankees actually plan to not pay Jacoby after releasing him. Um, you know, they plan out to pay him in 2020. Jacoby would then need to um, file a grievance to recover that $26 million that the Yankees are trying to hold on to. Because... Basically, they're accusing him for going outside, being treated by non-approved doctors. He hasn't played in the past two years, and the Yankees are going to try to recoup that money. And here's a statement from the union. The Players Association, Association will vigorously defend any action taken against Kobe or his contract and is investigating potential contract violations by his employer. And in the CBA, it states any player a I'm sorry, any treatment a player receives for a work-related injury by a healthcare provider who is not affiliated with the club must be authorized by the club in advance of the treatment in accordance with regulations two of the uniform players contracts so it looks like the Yankees have a case here man if this turns out to be true I have no reason to believe it isn't because why would they come out public do all of this just just because they they really believe like they're just trying to like take this dude's money no the Yankees know what they're doing and if they can't eat that money up, what? More money for coal? What? Let's do this. <laughs> oh, as for Greg Bird. Remember when Greg Bird, back in 2018, it was like August. He decided to let out the stupidest quote in history. Pissed off a lot of Yankee fans. And they lost to the Rays that game. Remember how he went on about how he didn't feel any pressure after continuously failing. He was like, oh, I have like five, six, seven thousand more chances. So I'm pretty happy about that. He ended up with 90 more plate appearances after that. Like... This is New York. Everything you say is going to like, like, <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> I'm just baffled as a fan. Like, even now, like, this was said in 2018. Like, I still can't believe he said that. Like, I guess he really thought, like, the Yankees were, like, so high on him that they were never going to let him go. Well, you got the boot, buddy. They let you go. But, yeah, somebody will sign Bird, and they're probably a fan of his lefty power potential. A different scenery is what he needs, and with the addition of the 26th roster spot, 
that has to be a position player. You know, I mentioned in my previous podcast that it could have been a pitcher or a position player. But after some clarification, it's just a position player for 2020. You know, they all... Somebody would take a chance on Greg Bird and he'll... You know, he'll probably blossom and good for him. Let's talk about the other prospects that the Yankees just added onto the 40 men, which I'm very, very excited about. There's a lot of sleepers. There's a lot of talent. Let's talk about Davey Garcia, right-handed pitcher. So he's a starter, only 20 years old. Baseball America rated him number three. Their number three prospect, you know, this year. Um, They called his slider the best among all Yankees prospects. He's currently rated number one in the Yankee system by MLB Pipeline. He, you know, he was the talk during the season about possibly being a September call up, but then it ended up happening. So now that he's on the forty man, it's I can definitely see that happening. So in twenty one starts, he made in twenty six overall appearances between Single A Tampa. Double A Trenton and Triple A. He went five and nine. He posted a four point two eight ERA. Innings pitch, one hundred eleven point one innings pitch. He gave up ninety six hits, fifty eight runs, fifty three were earned, fifty four walks, one hundred sixty five strikeouts, and ten home runs. He posted the fourth highest K through nine ratio at 13.34. So that's among all minor league pitchers that, you know, he led all in the strikeout category. So, you know, he's a polished pitcher. His best pitch is considered his highest spin curveball with a lot of debt. Um, His fastball. Tops out from 91 through 96. It's considered deceptive. He's been working on his changeup. And he could possibly make the bigs this year. He's prote- he's projected as a starter for now. But he could end up in the pen if it doesn't pan out because of his frame. So, yeah. I, I, if it was up to me, I guess he makes the bigs this year as a spot starter. Maybe the Yankees need innings out of the pen or... Maybe he comes up later in the year as a September call-up. All depends on the Yankees' needs at the moment and how the roster plays out. Esteban Floreal, they finally get the outfielder that is most talked about in trades. Just 21 years old. So he used to be their top prospect but his ranking has started to slip a bit. He's rated number three now by MLB Pipeline as overall prospect in the Yankees organization. Um, He's missed a lot of time, you know, the last two years with wrist injuries, and he strikes out way too much, but he's still young. still has raw power, speed, and arm strength. This year in 74 games... The lefty hitter hit 237. He picked up 65 hits, 38 runs, 
10 doubles, 3 triples, 8 home runs, 38 RBIs, 24 walks, and only came away with 9 stolen bases. And with all the speed in the world, he has yet, you know, he's still learning to, you know, to perfect his his craft as being a, a good base runner. If he can put it all together, he can easily notch 30, 30 plus deals. Baseball America called him the fastest base runner, so... You know, the sky's the limit for him. If he can really, really, really stay on the field, perfect his graph, like, he can bring that ranking right up. The Yankees added five more players to their 40-man roster. Lewis Gill, right-handed pitcher, 21 years old. Baseball America and MLB Pipeline, they currently have him listed as the number four Overall Yankees prospect, he had the lowest ERA in 2019 um, in 20 starts between single A Charleston and single A Tampa. He struck out 11.53 over nine innings pitched. He went five and five, 2.72 ERA, 96 innings pitched. He allowed 71 hits, 36 runs, 29 earned runs. He walked 47 batters, struck out 123, and only allowed one home run. So he is a hard thrower. You know, he tops out at 94, 98 miles per hour. He has reached 101 with his four-seamer. Lewis has a power curveball. He's also working on a changeup that needs some seasoning. And he does have some trouble repeating his delivery, but the Yankees, they can convert him into a reliever if this started thing does not pan out. Um, and he was also part of the Jake Cave trade the Yankees made with the Twins. So, you know, a player that is starting to finally pay off for um, after the Cave trade. The Yankees also protected Nick Nelson, right-handed pitcher. He's only 23 years old. MB Pipeline has him listed as the Yankees' number 14 overall prospect. So he did make 18 overall appearances, and he made 17 starts between single-A Tampa, Trenton, and Scranton. So he had the third lowest ERA among Yankees minor leaguers. He did go 8-3 and three with a 2.81 ERA. And in 82 innings pitch, he allowed 72 hits, 29 runs, 28 earned runs. He had walked, let's see, 43 batters. He struck 114 and surrendered just six home runs. Um, so he is a ground ball type pitcher that would play up very well in Yankee Stadium. And his four-seamer tops out at 94 through 98. He has a hard curveball, which is considered his second-plus pitch. Um, sometimes he he has a little trouble get, getting it over for strikes. He does have a splitter, low 90s, and he has a slider in the upper 80s. Um, so he's still trying to, you know, figure out 
how to control his delivery and command his pitches. Um, so he does walk a lot of batters, so he's still a work in progress starter that could also become a reliever. Um, Luis Medina, right-handed pitcher, 20 years old, rated number 20. Uh, so he did make 22 starts for single A Charleston and single A Tampa going 1-8. and eight. He has a 5.47 ERA, so that's not too sexy. <laughs> His innings pitch was 103.2. He surrendered 93 hits, 70 runs, 63 of them were earned. 70 walks, 127 strikeouts, 9 home runs. And he was rated by Baseball America as the Yankees' number 7 overall prospect. And they did list him having the best fastball. So, you know, he has an electric arm. His fastball taps out from 95 to 100. He has a good curveball in the low low 80s with sharp break. And he has a low 90s changeup that moves like a splitter. So, yeah, he has upside as a starter. But he can relieve if the Yankees want to go that route due to his control issues. Uh, So, there's two more that the Yankees did add to the 40-man roster. Miguel Yahur. Yajur, not sure how to pronounce that name. So he's only 21 years old, right-handed pitcher. He's currently rated number 26 by MLB Pipeline. Baseball America rated him with the best control. He led all minor leaguers uh, in ERA in 2019 with a 2.14 ERA. He went 9-6 and six in 130. 8.2 innings pitched, he allowed 119 hits, 33 earned runs, 30 walks, 133 strikeouts, 5 home runs, and all of that was done in 24 games, 20 starts with single A Tampa and double A Trenton. So yeah, his fastball tops out at 92 through 95. His best pitch is his changeup, which is considered a plus pitch. And he also throws a cutter that is solid. He projects to be a starter. He throws strikes. He commands pitches well. And he generates a lot of soft contact. So, you know, just that right there. I can see him quickly rising through the system because of that. And his stuff is considered polished. So keep a name out for Miguel. And the fact that he's 21, like, that's crazy. And Brooks Krisk, or Kreisk, right-handed pitcher, 25 years old. He was not in the MLB pipeline top 30. And he's a pitcher that the Yankees drafted back in 2016 in the sixth round. He was ranked second among Yankees in saves. He combined to go 3-3 three and three with a 2.08 ERA. And in 62 innings pitched, he allowed 34 hits, 15 runs, 14 earned, 28 walks, 80 strikeouts, 3 home runs. And he picked out 12 saves and 43 relief appearances with single A Tampa and double A Trenton. Uh, so Brooks, he throws a hard 
he throws very hard. Um, tops out 97 through 101. He has a nice sweeping slider and a nasty splitter. He credited Scott Aldred and Tim Norton with his rapid improvement um, throughout the Yankees' farm system. So, you know, the Yankees, they certainly have a lot of sleepers in the organizations and a lot of talented players that I haven't mentioned, which you'll see they'll make their way up and their name will, you know, they'll, they'll start coming out even more. So very happy about the selections the Yankees made. The Yankees did make a signing. They signed outfielder Zach Granite. Granite. I'm so bad at pronouncing names. The Twins Minor League Player of the Year in 2016. So they signed him to a minor league deal. And they will bring him to spring training with a chance to make the big league team. So that's the fourth outfielder that I was talking about that may make the roster. Um, maybe he's the next Ackman. We'll have to see how he does. Uh, the postseason shares were announced, so don't be surprised if you see the Yankees pimping out their cars come spring training. Um, oh, yeah, so the Yankees recently hired Rachel Balkovec as a full-time minor league hitting coach. So she's the very first ever full-time female hitting coach in the MLB organization. And she holds not one but two master's degree in the science of human movement. She also has experience with several other minor league clubs, so she's not new at this thing. Um, she was also the minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the St. Louis Cardinals back in 2014 and 15. Um, and she also spent time in similar roles for the White Sox and the Astros for the past four years. And she did, um, she was also a strength and conditioning coach at LSU, ASU, and in the Arizona Fall League. So she has all this experience. Um, not to mention she's been working at Driveline Baseball. So that's a performance training center in Washington. Uh, it's a data-driven facility. So, you know, she's been researching eye tracking for hitters and hip movements for pitchers. So, I mean, I'm I'm very happy about this addition. It sounds like she knows what she's doing. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of knowledge that females can provide, and it shows. You know, combine the best of both worlds no matter the gender, um, and I'm so proud of the Yankees to be the first to do it, so that's a big statement right there, hopefully it opens doors to more females in the big leagues, and, you know, I'm all for it. Let's talk about some rumors the Yankees have been linked to. Will Smith, he got $39 million over three years and a club option for 13 from the Braves. So good for him. He's off the, you know, he's he signed, not out there anymore. Um, Drew Pomerantz, he got $34 million over four years from the Padres. And this, this is a lot of money. Um, you know, neither are going to close. So Bettences, even with the injury that he had and missed almost a whole year, 
he may get his money after all. So if it's like that, then it's then I guess it's goodbye to the Yankees and Bettenses. Uh, you know, it's no wonder why the Yankees have been exploring the trade market because they see the cost of the relievers. And they already have a lot of money invested into Chapman and Britain. Um, I mean, they can they can afford a third, but not sure that's the way they want to. Um, when they can just easily make a trade or, you know, sign somebody cheaper. Um, so we have to look out for that. The Yankees have also been linked to Tim Hill, a left-handed pitcher who will turn 30 in February. Um, so he isn't arbitration eligible, eligible until next year. And he does have four years of club control, which Cashman loves. That's his kind of pitcher. And... In 2019, just 39, let me see, let's see, 39.2 innings pitch, 46 games. He had a 3.68 ERA, and he had a 1.109 whip, struck out 39 batters. So he's a pretty solid reliever, you know, a lefty out of the pen I wouldn't mind having. I believe he's like a, I'm not sure if he's a side armor. Or maybe that's a different picture. Um, but his sinker would definitely play out well in Yankee Stadium. That will complement the other lefties in the pen, which is Britain. And Chapman is obviously closing. So, um, And being that he is a good reliever and has four years of control, uh, the price won't come cheap. But, you know, you got to give to get, so... And there was another reliever that um, the Yankees were linked to. Ken Rosenthal reported that the Yankees are interested in buying low on 31-year-old. He's a right-handed pitcher, Blake Trinan, Trinan from the A's, if they do decide to move on from him. So he was arguably one of the best relief pitchers in 2018. So in 68 games, 80 innings, 80.1 innings pitched, he posted a 9-2 win-loss record. And he had a crazy ERA, which was 0.78. And out of 43 chances, he notched 38 saves, and his whip was 0.83. He only allowed 7 earned runs, struck out 100 batters. So, yeah, that's video game numbers. And in 2009, he was quite the opposite, posting a 4.91 ERA, 6-5 win-loss record, 58 innings pitched, 59 strikeouts, 33 earned runs. His whip was 1.62. And in a total of 57 games, he recorded 16 saves out of 21 chances. So obviously he was not that impressive, but he does have some talent and he's estimated to receive $7.8 million in arbitration for the 2020 season. And the non-tender non deadline is today, Monday, 12-2. So they can decide to not use the roster space on him and cut ties with him without, you know, costing any money. Or they can trade him in that time and get something in return. So that's that. The Phillies want every Yankee player. <laughs> no, they are, they're pursuing 
Gregorius in free agency. They have Segura, who they can move to a different different position or trade him. Um, they're also considering signing Betances and Romine. So imagine a crew of Didi, Betances, Romine, D-Rod, Girardi, and Thompson. Like They got the veteran Yankee crew over there. And who knows, maybe that's that's what they need. Like maybe they may benefit from that leadership. And um they all handle themselves well and have a lot to bring to the table. So if any of them go over there, I think it'll be a good addition for the Phillies. And you know, at least it's the NO and not the AO. So but it would be strange to see them in those red print pinstripes. So but yeah, good luck to them in their future if They don't return in the Bronx. Um, So yeah, today is the deadline to tender contracts to arbitration-eligible players. Decisions are due no longer than 8 p.m. tonight. So um, some news have already, you know, been tweeted out. But the Yankees so far have not released... (laughs) um, their information. Um, so there is another another thing that I would like to talk about that MLB is proposing. So MLB is proposing to eliminate 42 minor league teams, which supposedly will improve working conditions for players. And, you know, you can't say you want to grow the game and eliminate 42 minor league teams like that makes no sense i'm not in favor of it you know that would affect communities that do go out to watch these baseball games a lot of fans do attend the minor league games they get attached to these players and then follow them up to the bigs that's a way to grow tickets are cheaper and sometimes it's it's easier to attend than their favorite teams in the big leagues maybe you know maybe they live in florida and Yankees are in new york you know who got money to to take flights like left and right when they can just watch certain minor league teams and still keep up with the you know the big league um team um but yeah i believe that it would destroy hundreds of jobs you know people have families and it would take away a lot of players you know dreams to make it to the bigs and all, all the hard work, like, how, like, if they really went through with this, I really want to know, like, how they plan to do this, because of the, as of now, like, there's so many people employed, players are employed, are you really gonna just wipe out 42 teams? That's crazy. I wrote, I read a stat that was interesting to me couple of stats. There was over 41 million people that went to um, minor league games in 2019. So that's a 2.1 increase from 2018. Um, MLB's revenue in 2008, 2018 was $9.9 billion, which is doubled from 2008. Minor league players are earning just 1200 a month. They need to just like cut the crap, pay the players. We even see 
um, I even saw a letter. Bernie Sanders wrote a letter pro- protesting against it, and you know I applaud him for that. So, hopefully, that doesn't come. You know that doesn't come true. It's a proposal that's being talked about right now, and hopefully they re- reconsider. So that's that. So I've seen a lot of tweets bashing the legendary Derek Jeter, who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's he's the reason why I'm even watching baseball. He's the reason why a lot of fans watch baseball. MLB has to thank that man. The writers have to thank that man. And he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm sure of it. I'm not sure if he's going to get an anonymous like Mo did. But the numbers do speak for themselves. 14-time All-Star. And... While he wasn't the best of fielders throughout his whole career, he did earn five Gold Glove Awards. He did earn five Silver Slugger Awards. You know, he's a five-time World Series champ. He has won the Hank Aaron Award twice, the Roberto Clemente Award once. And he became the 28th player to reach 3,000 hits. He finished his career rank 6 in MLB history in career hits. And he's the first among shortstops. And if that isn't enough for you, he has won the MVP award one time. He was named a World Series MVP once. He has won the Rookie of the Year award before, so, you know, he's the, he was the face of the Yankees as long as I can remember. He was the face of baseball, actually, before, you know, before Trout came into the picture. So... These fans need to chill out with trying to bash Derek Jeter. Like, chill. The guy's a legend. And, um, you know, I can't wait for that speech he gives. I can't wait for him to be elected. Do believe he's going to be elected. And, and I think I pretty much covered everything. So, thank you guys for listening. If you aren't following me on my social media accounts, go do that right now. Subscribe to the podcast. Like it. Rate it. Let me know what you guys think. Instagram, Yanks Next Man Up. Follow me on Twitter, Last Single Digits. My secondary Twitter account, which I'm trying to get going, which is Yanks Next Man Up. And yeah, stay tuned for the next one. Go Yankees.